Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Betting, a Sports Garden Network production. We are your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports intelligence. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back. Another week in the books, and this week was unlike any other that we've seen so far this year. But it feels like we're going back to last year, and that is coverage, ravage, games being moved, fantasy lineups all over the place, sports betting people. You know what? You're trying to get in on that early line. That went sideways for a lot of people as well. We will get into all of that because I think we have more here in week 16. So we're going to go over all the games, of course. We're going to kind of see where we stand in some playoff pictures, stats, trends, everything else that you're going to need for this week. But before that, it's kind of like my disclaimer here that I have to tell you, look, everything that I can tell you can change on a moment's notice. The NFL, after announcing, you know, we will not move games. Well, they moved games. And it really did hurt people. In this business, you do have a large section of sports bettors that believe in CLV, which is closing line value. They only handicap on closing line value. Well, you know, you can't get an accurate closing line value if you're betting early in the week and you don't know about COVID and then COVID comes in and kind of decimates what you're doing. Well, that hurt a lot of professional bettors out there. Heard a lot of novices too. A lot of people going in out there and saying, you know what? I'm going to take, uh, you know, the Cardinals uh, in a money line parlay or in a teaser. Yeah, that went south. It was a bad week for intelligent sports bettors. It really was. Um, you start to look at the landscape of what we're looking at in the NFL here, and you start to realize how much of a factor COVID is going to play. My advice to you guys out there is just wait. You know, you want to jump on that early line and you want to get in early and you want to be the guy that, you know, gets that best number. But at the end of the day, just wait, wait it out, wait to see, uh, you know, what the situation is. Look, going into right now, where I am recording today, um, which is Wednesday night, we are sitting back and we're looking at Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Jared Goff, among others who are already on the COVID list. So, we're already talking about maybe they're going to miss some games. Maybe it's going to be a bad situation. All right, with that said, let's get into the Thursday night game. San Francisco, Tennessee, the Lions three and a half. Look, the Titans the last the last three or four. And what they've done here is they've become a completely different team. They are a team that simply can't score the ball uh, you know, at all. They have scored more than two touchdowns zero times since week nine. Ryan Tannehill has more interceptions than touchdowns scored. Since week 11, the Titans have gone one and three. And the one one win, guys, they beat the Jaguars, uh, who, by the way, that was right before they fired Urban Meyer. And now they got to take on a red-hot San Francisco team, and they are red-hot. The San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, has the best PFF grade since week eight among all quarterbacks in the NFL. He's playing out of his mind. George Kittle is a nightmare problem. Brandon Ayuk looks back. Debo Samuel's a nightmare problem. They could run if I'm back there. But with Wilson and Eli Mitchell coming back, this is a completely different team. The thing is, though, is that the Tennessee Titans, they're playing some defense. And I was very critical of them in the offseason for not going out there and getting a defensive player. And I believed if they went out there and they, they made a concentrated effort to fix the defense, they could have been a Super Bowl winning team this year. Well, their defense looks really, really good. Look, they held the Steelers last week in a loss to 168 total yards of offense. That's actually the lowest yardage ever by a total winning team. 
Um, that, that's pretty crazy, right? So you look at that. The Tennessee Titans also have allowed 200 yards of offense or less in two of the last three games. Now they are getting A.J. Brown back, so maybe that helps on the offensive side. But I do believe in this defense. I think everyone's jumping on San Francisco, and rightfully so. They're red hot. Tennessee can't get out of their own way. But the defense here, the defense is something I'm really paying attention to. All right, Cleveland Green Bay on Saturday. Look, there is a rule in sports betting. We have a couple of them, but this is a rule in sports betting. You do not bet against Aaron Rodgers at home in December. Uh, he's got something like a 56 to 6 touchdown ratio. It's absolutely insane. You just don't bet against the guy in December. Well, I don't think the Packers are going to win this game. They are 6-0 straight up. They are 6-0 against the spread at Lambeau. But I look at this and I go, you know, the Packers are giving up 28 or more points in each of the last four games. Their defense is not playing with it, the level that it should. The Browns, look, they've only scored more than 24 points once, and that was 24 against the Ravens in the last month. The Browns are coming off of a short week. The Browns have a lot of COVID problems. But if they get healthy, this defense can really, really suffocate people. This is one way you got to kind of watch the COVID issues and just take a look there. Indianapolis, Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals minus two. Uh, they went down to about a pick them, bounced back up to minus one. You know, I, I get why people are on the Cardinals here. They are at home. They're still a good team. They're still in first place in that division. They got Kyler Murray, who's back healthy. But this isn't the same Cardinals team that we've watched. And we've watched this year after year with Cliff Kingsbury, where it comes back out of the uh, the break and out of his bye week, and he just doesn't look good. Let's just be honest. Their teams just don't look good. The Cardinals now, since week 12, after their bye week, they're 1-2. and two, And they're surrendering 115 yards per game on the ground. Well, here comes Jonathan Taylor, who's averaging 21 carries a game. Here comes Jonathan Taylor. The week after the Cardinals defense allowed Craig Reynolds to run for 112 yards. Here comes Jonathan Taylor with that run first attack. And the Colts, well, they are 8-0 when Jonathan Taylor rushes for 100 yards, 0-6 when he doesn't. I very much believe that Jonathan Taylor is going to get the giant, giant workload here. Also, I have to question Kingsbury a little bit because DeAndre Hopkins goes down. And then you look at the snap count. All right, Christian Kirk had 53 out of total, 55 total dropbacks. Christian Kirk had 53. Makes sense. Zach Kurtz had 50, of course. And then you get weird because Antoine Wesley had 46, AJ Green 38, and Rondell Moore 16. Why is that the split? It's a very weird situation, so I'm questioning him there. Going on to Sunday here, Baltimore and Cincinnati. Look, Cincinnati won and won in convincing fashion the first time, 41-17. A win would mean that they would meaning the Bengals would sleep, uh, sweep the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore in the same year, really give them a leg up on the division. The Ravens, they have won two straight at Paul Brown Stadium. They won two straight at Paul Brown Stadium by blowing this team's doors off. I mean, they crushed them. But now you look at this and you go, all right, you know, the Bengals are a different team. We know that. And the Bengals have a top five rushing defense in the NFL. But the thing that I look at is everyone's looking at Jackson and Huntley. Um, Jackson's a different animal. I think Huntley could fill in okay, but Jackson's a different animal because Jackson could throw the ball better than Huntley. And you're going to have to throw the ball against this running defense that really is a good run defense. 
But Joe Burrow against this secondary, you know, I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to absolutely just go crazy last week and throw like five touchdowns because the secondary for the Baltimore Ravens is just dealing with backups upon backups upon backups. They they lost their best cornerback early in the season. They lost Marlon Humphrey last week. Then they lost two or three other cornerbacks. They're, They're just a shell of themselves overall as a team, but specifically in the defensive backfield. If Joe Burrow opens it up, this one could get ugly. All right. Bills, New England, ah, this is installment number two. Now, Mac Jones does have a 102.5 rating at home this season. His QBR is fantastic. He's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. People are loving this guy. But what happened? He only threw the ball three times against the Bills. That shows me that they didn't trust him to throw it more than that. He looked terrible against the Colts. And Mac Jones right now may have hit that rookie wall. Mac Jones right now may be a liability. And now he's going up against a Bills defense that you could say what you want, how bad this Bills defense was and how they didn't look good and all this stuff. Well, in the game that they got run all over for 200-plus yards, they only allowed 14 points. The Bills still have surrendered the fewest yards in the league. The Bills still have the second fewest points allowed in the league. First fewest, this New England Patriots team. The Bills also have allowed 100 plus rushing yards before the last five games. They're going to have to stop that, sell out on that, and let Mac Jones, who's in a slump, we'll call it that, uh, let him go out there and beat you. The Bills offense, though, you know, they were as bad as bad can be. Dawson Knox dropped a couple of touchdown passes. He dropped a couple of big first downs. Stephon Diggs dropped uh, an unlikely pass as well. That was a big, could have been a big play. Yet they still had a chance at the end of the game to win that game. You know, I know everybody's uh, the flavor of the week is New England here, even after that Indy loss. But I can't go out there and bet on Mac Jones in this spot. I kind of lean Buffalo for a little revenge, even on the road where they never win in New England. Chargers are about a double-digit favorite over Houston. And you can say what you want about this, and it's a giant spread. By the way, Austin Eckler, Corey Lindsley, and Joey Bosa all on reserve, injured, which means COVID list for those out there. Doesn't look like Bosa will make the game, but they're saying Eckler has a chance. You got to keep an eye on that because this is the mismatch problem here. Both of these teams can run, and both of these teams are going to run against bad defenses. The Los Angeles Chargers have had the worst rush defense in the NFL the entire year, and it's been the worst defense by like 20 yards in most cases. Well, the Houston Texans are trying to catch up because the Texans have allowed 145 rushing yards per game now. So now Houston is in that spot as well. If Eckler is healthy, Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler, prop play all day long, I could see them covering it. But if they're missing these guys, it's hard enough to go on the road and cover. It's hard enough to go on the road and cover a double-digit spread. And it's hard enough now to go on the road, cover a double-digit spread against a team that can run all over you. Now you got to do it without your best players. That's tough. Detroit, Atlanta, like I said, Jared Goff is on COVID list. Um, He's fully vaccinated, so he's got a chance to get back here. But even if he does, the Lions haven't won a road game all year. They are 4-3 and against the spread. And look, they've played some decent games. Last week was the highlight of their season, beating an Arizona team that they really just beat up that Arizona team. But Matt Ryan can't be counted out here. He's got one interception in the last four weeks of the NFL season. I mean, Matt Ryan is playing really, really well. Cordell Patterson is playing really well. Even Mike Davis has picked it up lately. I don't think this this Atlanta team should be a six-point favorite over anybody. But against Detroit, you start to go, okay, that's a funky line. That's a weird line. And I'm starting to lean Atlanta there. Rams, Minnesota. Look, the Rams cannot stop the pass here. So if Adam Thielen is back, you got a shot with Minnesota. Minnesota, first of all, the Rams defense, they rank 23rd against the pass. 
The Vikings, they've played 14 games this year. 13 of them have been decided by one score. So you know they play close games. Now the Vikings defense, they've allowed 31 points per game over the last month. So they're not too good, but they did look good against Justin Fields, and they can get after the passer. First of all, Matt Stafford struggles against Zimmer. He struggles against him to about an 89 QBR. Now, I know it was with Detroit, and I know it's against the Vikings, but this is still that Vikings team, and their defense is still elite. The Vikings have 44 sacks on the year. 12 teams in the NFL do not have 30 sacks for the entire season. So they're getting after the quarterback. They're going to rattle Matt Stafford. And can Stafford stay in the pocket and show the growth that we have seen him show over the last couple of weeks? Jacksonville and the Jets. How do I talk about this game? Look, I didn't think that all of a sudden Jackson was going to turn this thing around. It's a Daryl Bevel team now this week. He's preparing them as a Daryl Bevel team this week. So maybe this would be the week to turn around. So I like Jacksonville in this spot. I couldn't believe that the Jets were favored. Yes, the Jets favored um, against anybody in any spot. But I will say this. Now there's that wrinkle that you almost uh, want to pull off the game completely because you just don't know. The New York Jets have 15 players out or personnel out for COVID, including head coach Robert Sala, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, Vera Tucker. Uh, I mean, there is just a massive amount of people out, and you can't make a, a conscious decision here, a, an intelligent decision on this game, until you find out about that. Giants, Eagles. Giants are off of uh, a, you know, a game where they didn't look good, but they didn't get blown out the way I think people believe that they would. And Glennon and Jake Fromm, who doesn't matter who's back there. The formula is simple. The Giants have to play good defense, and they did the first time. Eagles beat the Giants 13-7, but the Giants really, really suffocated this team. Now, Nick Sirianni, head coach of the Eagles, he's got COVID. Don't know if he's going to be on the sidelines. And ha, 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 the Eagles fans will say, it might be better if he's not. The Eagles are also on a short week. And the Eagles' formula is simple. Look, they have the third worst passing attack in the NFL. But they're winning games. They're 500 for a reason because they run, run, run. Miles Sanders had career highs last week. Jalen Hurts is still a threat. You have the backups, guys like Gainwell. Yet this team is dangerous. But the Giants' defense is playing well for whatever reason. The Giants' defense is playing well, and they look good out there. Tampa Bay, Carolina. Tampa Bay is a double-digit favorite on the road in division. I always hate that. You guys know that. But the one thing Carolina does is they run the ball. And it's been said time and time again, the Tampa Bay defense has the best running defense against in the NFL. But it has shown some cracks over the last couple of weeks. Three of the last four weeks, they've allowed 4.6 yards per carry on the ground. That is unusual for Tampa. Um, you also have the idea that Chris Godwin is out. Mike Evans is out. Leonard Fournette is out. Now, it could be next man up mentality. And a lot of people are expecting Tom Brady to kind of correct things. But if they get any kind of success, meaning the Carolina Panthers, any kind of success on the ground, this could be a long day. Bears, Seahawks, Seahawks are about a seven-point favorite. And you go, well, you know what? Russell Wilson's at home. It makes a lot of sense. I get it. But is this the same team? You know, Seattle had a, a blip on the radar. They won two games in a row. They, they scored 30-plus points. And then they came out, and they looked exactly the same. This Seahawks team goes as the running game goes. And the Bears were all banged up last week. They were missing all four of their cornerbacks. They were missing all kinds of players on the field. But they did play competitively. They were in there. They were still playing playing hard. They, they missed a couple of opportunities to take easy field goals or else that game would have been a lot closer than it was because they're just playing free and loose. When you play free and loose, it's a dangerous spot. I think the Bears are a dangerous team to bet against right now because Justin Fields does show a little pizzazz and they're going out there and they're taking their shots and they don't care. I mean, they're playing very loose. 
Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Kansas City is about nine and a half or 10 point favorite. Pittsburgh has allowed 144 rushing yards per game. They can get run all over. But if you don't run on them, Watt is going to live in your backfield. 17 and a half sacks this season. And you look at what this you know, Pittsburgh team does. What they do well is get after the quarterback. You can run on them, like I said. Now, will this be able to be a situation where they believe that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can run on them? Or are they still going to try to go through the air? Well, I can tell you what, COVID's going to have a say in that because Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are both on covid I like the Chiefs here, but I'm not touching it if I'm missing either Hill or Kelsey. If you're missing both, play Pittsburgh. Denver, Vegas. Vegas owns the series. They won three or four. Darren Waller could be back. Raiders are coming off of a short bye week, but it was an encouraging bye week. And the Denver Broncos lost Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater wasn't a great quarterback, but he's certainly better than Drew Locke, and he gives out locker room more than Drew Locke gives him. You could run the ball with Williams and Gordon, but Jerry Judy has disappeared. Cortland Sutton has disappeared. Noah Fant is kind of holding it up on his own. They got to move the ball downfield, and maybe Drew Locke gives them that. But I like this Raiders team um, from a perspective of they're still fighting hard. I think Denver's a better team. Vegas is fighting hard. Do you feel confident betting on Drew Locke? Do you feel confident on betting the Raiders who have just looked pretty awful for about the better part of two months. Sunday night football, Washington, Dallas. Here we go again. You know, my wife actually asked me, um, she does all the pick leagues and actually she's been in first for most of the year in the pick leagues. And she said, what do you like Washington and Dallas? I said, why are you making picks today? Because you can't do that with this Washington team because we don't know how much COVID is going to ravage them. I was making a, a point last week and I said, you know, they're on their third string center and they were, there was a, a massive amount of Washington players that were banged up. Now Dallas is allowing just 14 points per game over the last three weeks. That's pretty good. And Dak Prescott averages oh, winning the games over the last nine games. He's eight and one. And those games that he's won, those eight games against Washington. Yeah. He beats them by more than two touchdowns. Washington is on a massively short week as well, even though it's a night game. It doesn't make sense to lay double digits in conference. It doesn't make sense to lay double digits in division. It doesn't make sense to lay double digits in a spot that's on prime time. But you know what? If Washington is ravaged from COVID, it might make some sense. Let's talk about prime time, and that is the Monday night game. Miami, New Orleans, the Saints, look, they are on a two-game winning streak. They are in this playoff mix. Taysom Hill is running the ball. Kamara's running the ball. And they just look really good offensively um, compared to what they did look like under Trevor Simeon and his 57% completion percentage. But they're a team built on defense. But when you speak about defense, I don't think people realize how good the Dolphins are playing right now, especially defensively. Defensively, Last week, you look at that final score and you go, oh, you know what? They didn't have a great game. Well, one of them was a pick six. The other one was another turnover. So their defense played a lot better. They're still giving up only about 14 points per game over the last six games. That is tremendous. The Dolphins are on a six-game winning streak. And a lot of it has to do with the defense, which I like to give plenty of credit for. But a lot of it also has to do with this offense. And Tua starting to look good is a real situation, guys. Tua looks good. He's got over 100 yards passing rating over his last four games. That is impressive. They can run the ball with gaskets, and they did it last week. I know it's only the lowly Jets, but they won last week without their big-time playmaker and Jalen Waddle. He's the most explosive player on this team. He is one of the best wide receivers in the league. I think he's the best young wide receiver. Yeah, even above Jamar Chase. And I look at Jalen Waddle as the X factor. Well, they didn't have him last week, and they still were able to win. Waddle is not a guy that can be covered one-on-one with Lattimore, who's going to, you know, Waddle will, will go over the middle 
middle. He'll play the slot. They're going to get him out in space. So you have Devontae Parker against Lattimore, which takes away the strength of the Saints. Gazeki's also a nightmare for them as well. And I do see the growth of Tua here. I think everyone's on the Saints for obvious reasons. We all watch them go out there and just decimate the Buccaneers, decimate Tom Brady on national TV. I get it. But this is a spot where the public loves one team, and I'm going, you know what? I'm getting a dog on a primetime game that plays tremendous defense and no one seems to be talking about. It's not a bad spot for, for a Dolphins little uh, little shot here. I think I'm kind of leaning the Dolphins. Well, guys, you know what? That is the rundown. I want to talk about some other sports here because we will turn this podcast from NFL only into the other sports. The NHL shut down a little bit early before Christmas. Um, we are dealing with a lot of things with them with COVID because in the NHL world, you are dealing with Canada. And Canada has been way more stringent than the United States on the COVID problems and the COVID protocols and everything else. So while they say, oh, yeah, we'll be right back. Don't worry about it. We're coming right back after the uh, the Christmas break. I don't necessarily believe that. Um, I, I don't believe that they are. everything's going to be perfectly fine with the NHL. Over in college basketball, we've seen a lot of problems in college basketball. Some bowl games being canceled. The Gator Bowl was canceled because Texas A&M cannot be there. Um, and you're starting to look at that and go, well, they have an obligation to the children. So that makes sense. The NBA is the one league that turned around and said, yeah, we're going to be fine. Well, you know, Adam Silver said, we got to go through it. You know, it's not going away anytime soon, COVID. So we got to kind of like live through this thing. And I understand that. The NFL, they're going to get their playoff games in, but I do expect some cancellations. I expect some problems, and COVID is just running rampant again in the NFL. Make sure that you get all the information. You know what players are starting and what players aren't starting. Make sure you do that uh, 100% before you make any bets at all. Guys, Merry Christmas from all of us here. Merry Christmas from myself, from Tom Barton, from the whole SGN crew. Hope you guys have a really good Christmas, and I'll talk to you before the new year. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.